Happy Fourth of July, Sarah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What holiday? (laughs) (laughs) Womenology podcast. Hello, everybody. It's the day after Fourth of July Mm -hmm. here in New York City. You know what I did on Fourth of July? Nothing. Aside from nothing, I took Luca for a walk to the park and ended up uh, joining a search party for a little boy. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. That is not the answer I expected. We were walking and I just see this guy running going, "Um, Henry, Henry. And at first I thought, oh, he's looking for a dog. Let me help. Right. And then it turns out it's his son. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's bad enough to when it's a dog, but when it's a kid, I mean, you know, a pedophile isn't going to steal your dog. I mean, Well, they might, but right, probably not. So they found the little boy. He was in the bathroom, and he was afraid to come out because he was afraid his parents would be mad. Okay. And I just, like, I'm not even a parent, but I was still, like, the unimaginable terror that those parents must have been experiencing in that in that I'm so moment. glad that it ended that way. Right? Oh, terrible. Terrible. But it, it ended well, and Luca made a new friend, and <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was, uh, it was a whirlwind of wow. emotions, Sarah. That's a lot of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of a lot of emotions, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did you have a nice day? What did you do? Today or yesterday? Yesterday. Uh, I I didn't. <laughs> no, I, I didn't really have a nice day. I um I had to I had to do a bunch of work for my class that I hate. <laughs> um, but on the bright side, it's over in four days. So mm-hmm. uh, we had a bunch of amateur firework enthusiasts setting off fireworks. Um, you could look out any window in my house and see fireworks. <laughs> Um, but I will say that they were over by 1030, which I thought was Mm -hmm. pretty respectful. And also it's hard to be mad about people setting off their own fireworks when that means that they're not going out and joining crowds to watch fireworks, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, Luca is, she has a very bad reaction to fireworks. Yeah. A lot of do. Yeah, a lot of a lot of dogs do. They have um, they're it's PTSD. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, but she didn't hear. Must I, I didn't hear any either. Um, and it must be because of the air conditioning. Okay. Well. That good. I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any. So it. Uh, thank God it was. A relatively quiet. I, I've been sleeping a lot because the depression's been bad. And mm-hmm. yesterday. Oh. Oh. And. <laughs> I got my period for the first time in like six months. Really. Yes, I was like, son of a bitch. That's shocking. That must have been very disorienting. (laughs) Uh, I kind of had a sense that I was ovulating a couple weeks ago because I was feeling that pain on my right ovary, and I was like, okay, huh? Yeah, thought I was thought I was through with this, but apparently not. Huh? Uh, Yeah, so that wiped you know wiped me out even more, but it's fine, you know, whatever. I'm only peri menopause, I guess. Whatever. Oh, um yeah so friday night i i on these fr- on friday nights i do these free dating advice sessions on zoom uh-huh. and it gets a really good crowd and they're free hence okay. why they get a really good crowd oh <laughs> okay right. so the other night i set up a coffee you know buy me a coffee it's kind of like patreon or yeah, I don't know. Whatever it is, I had it's... never heard of it. I had to look it up. It's yeah, it's it was like new. K O F I, right? K O F I. I had heard about it on Medium, so I set up my account and in my thank you note to everyone who attended, I said, "Hey, if you know if you took any value from this tonight, um, and if you'd like, you know, you can you can make a small donation here, and anybody who makes a donation will get these two free e guides." Okay, so it's not really a donation then, right? I mean. You're getting something in return. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Sarah, Sarah yeah. guess guess how many people um, wanted to show their appreciation? Well, how many how many people attended the the thing itself? Twenty five. Okay, twenty. Are, are you being serious? I'm being hopeful. Yeah, you're being delusional. I got zero. 
that's shocking to me. It's it's not shocking to me. And this is, you know, to be fair, I always say, hey, these are free. And it was, you know, I've decided to like add the link now included in the event description. And what frustrates me about this is every time I'll do one of these events, I'll log in to a meetup group or my email. And it's just a bunch of emails saying, I didn't get the link. I didn't get the link. And it's because people didn't read the directions and follow them and RSVP via Eventbrite so I can text them the link. Uh-huh. And so I have to field all of those emails and I have to send the text responses and I have to send the reminders and I have to send the links. And like that costs me. My texting platform, that costs me. Might only It's like $10 every probably two or three days. I mean, that so sounds like a lot. It, it's like $30, $40 a week. Yeah. Because That's of all the different events. It's a lot. It's a lot, you know? And this is coming right after I received an email from a woman who attended one of the speed dating events. And it was for the older crowd. And like three of the guys didn't show up. And this is the thing I hate about, I mean, there's so much about speed dating that drives me nuts. But we, like, I can't control that. I'll send right. out the reminders. I'll send out the emails. But if people don't show up, they don't show up. True. And so she wanted a refund, not a problem. And she said, and, and by the way, you know, $27 when there's not even a venue or food, what am I paying for? And when I say I nearly lost it, because speed dating offline is typically about $40. I was going to say with a venue and food, how much, I mean, wouldn't you expect to pay like 40 Yeah. $50? Yeah, 40 it's roughly $40. Okay. And I thought, okay, if you went and got your nails done, you would never, or actually you might, and if you do, you're wildly <laughs> socially awkward. You might go, you know, that nail polish, I mean, what's it cost? Like $8? What am I paying for? Right. You would never do that. Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. And of course, in the event description, what do you think I do, Sarah? You probably explain where the money goes. Absolutely, because I'm <laughs> stupid like that, right? Because well, most people don't. You might as well stop because people aren't reading it. People aren't reading anything. It's the most frustrating thing. And then they get mad at me, and then I'll reply and say, um, but it was it was right here. And do you think they reply and say, oh, my bad? No. No. Never hear from them again. Never hear from them again. So this is very upsetting to me that people aren't willing to donate five dollars three dollars whatever yeah um sure and it's especially upsetting (laughs) because um someone in my niche in this sort of uh, like social event singles event niche once covid started he created a gofundme (sighs) yeah okay he said uh he, he started this GoFundMe and, oh, you know, I have these contracts and I have salaries. And I'm reading this and thinking, huh. What contracts? Huh. What, what contracts, contracts haven't been you... canceled because of this right. once-in-a-lifetime event? Right. Very few people are not returning, like, deposits. Right? Even, because even of this... airlines are like, that's okay. We'll get you later. Right. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back. Right? Right. Even so... the murder hornets were like, we'll come back. You know what? You guys are busy. It's fine. You got a lot going on. We're gonna take some time. We're gonna we're gonna go to Venezuela. Yep. And then we're gonna come back, and then we'll mm-hmm. talk. See you later. Let's put a pin in this for now. So, uh, I'm, I, I looked at the page, and the first time I saw it, it must have been you know seventy five hundred dollars, which he had reached that goal. And every couple of weeks, he keeps increasing it. The goal. Like, the goal number. The goal amount. What? And I just wow. like. Three dollars, five dollars, like, and people are throwing hundreds of dollars at this guy. Literally, people are like, "Oh, you're just so great. Here's a hundred bucks." Oh, here's two. Huh? Yeah. And he's he's doing the same things, right? Like he's hosting online events because that's all you can do. Right. And look, man, things are tough. I don't begrudge anybody for asking for a little bit of help. I I really truly don't. I don't know that I would ask for help and not provide a service in return. Um, sure. And I, <laughs> um, I would be honest because I'm an idiot. I'm this is the, this is how I am, you know. I'll say, well, you know, this we're business and we take a fee out and we did it, you know. And it just 
bothers me as a business owner, as a woman, that like my work isn't being valued. Right. And it's my own fault for, for doing these free events. You know, I, I do them because I really just want to, I want to build a mailing list and I want to really build the coaching business. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I have people showing up three, four weeks in a row and they just inundate me with questions. And I'm like, that's, you're kind of taking advantage here. Right. I Yeah. I think it, it, it definitely is true that if you undervalue something, other people undervalue it. Right. I almost, I mean, I don't know if the cat's already out of the bag at this point, but I, I mean, yeah. if you were charging like three to five dollars, I feel like the same number of people would still partake but believe it or not I, I i don't think so no nope hmm. no i don't i really don't um and that's just what blows my mind is that i i think that if i said hey this it's five dollars people would be like yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that okay i'm not gonna pay <laughs> but they're willing to put money into this other dude's gofundme for it, you know, it might not be the same. Yeah, it it might not be the same people, obviously, but it's just the idea of he thinks nothing. Like I, I, I sent you an email and I said, "Do you think it's wrong of me <laughs> to ask people? You know, if they want to, if they want to, they don't have to. If they, if they want to, yeah, if they want to, like donate three dollars or five dollars if they take value from this. Like, I'm second guessing myself." That you know what's interesting about this is that I didn't know I, that that was an email from you about you. I thought that was a question that we got <laughs> from a listener that was like, "Hey, I'm doing I'm doing these free things. Do you think it's it's fair of me to do this?" And my response was going to be, "It's not fair of you to charge nothing <laughs> for yeah, this. It's not fair to you because you're driving down the price that everyone else can pull in." Oh. I didn't think about it that way. So I'm actually, if I charge, it's actually to help other people, help the market. I mean, I would think so. That that was my response to, you know, a, a person that I thought wasn't you. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, it just, um, it just really hurts. I have to say, you know, I am consistently bewildered by the GoFundMes that really take off versus the ones that don't. Like, I, I there seems to be no rhyme or reason at all. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I don't like GoFundMes. You know, you I have to really be. <laughs> you have to be in really bad straits, and I'm not opposed. Like, I've given to GoFundMes, but you have to. Uh, there are just some things help me, you know, help me do this and help me do that. I'm like, mm, right. no, because right. that's your responsibility. You know, plus I just don't, I don't trust 90% of the GoFundMes that I see. I don't either. And that's, that's what strikes me about this one that you're telling me about. I, I haven't looked at it, obviously, but it, it just seems like if you're consistently raising the goal week to yeah, week, that's, it's that's not sketchy. really about just keeping people on the payroll, is it? Right, right. Uh, and you know, like I don't, I don't file for unemployment because I'm able-bodied and I have a source of revenue and, and you know, I, I, like, I don't, I don't file, I don't right. file, you know, I don't get unemployment benefits. Um, I, I guess I'm just kind of, I do wonder how much of it, like if I were a guy, would you pay? I don't know. I don't know why people are giving money to this person. Yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, not to not to be callous, like you said, everyone deserves to earn a living, right? But like, you you raising the goal <laughs> week to week, yeah. so yeah. So, um, if you're listening and you like my writing, or you come to the dating advice things and you feel there's value, um, I would be. Very appreciative if you would show me that you value my effort and make a small donation, three, five dollars. I'm not asking you to pay my bills. I'm all I'm asking is to to show me that you value what I, my service and my work. It sounds like a bargain to me. I mean, you right? can't get an OnlyFans subscription for that, and not and not for anything. And I will toot my own horn here. You will never find anybody 
who has the background. When it comes to dating, who has the background that I have? The 10 years writing the column, the certification in coaching, using the apps as a single person, running a successful business for over 10 years that is, was targeted at singles. You know, I have immersed myself in this world. It's true. And I have been ahead of the curve every, the, every step. Oh, don't give your phone number out before, you know, before a first date. I said that 10 fucking years ago. 10 years ago, I said, ladies, pay for your own goddamn drinks. 10 yeah. years ago. You know, so I've been ahead of the curve every single time. I am attuned in a way most dating coaches aren't. I have the experience. I have the objectivity. I have laser insights to people. And um, fuck you, pay me, I guess, is where I'm going with this. Like, sure. fuck you, pay me. Like, come on, man. I work really hard and I'm very good at what I do. And yeah, and I shouldn't have it held against me because I dare to say I'd like to be paid for my work. I'm not asking you to pay my cable bill, right. you know? In any case, moving that's on. That's fair. So uh, I have one more rant, and I'm sorry that I'm, I'm ranting. You know, a, a, listener, a listener sent me this letter mm -hmm. uh, Thursday night, and she said, I can just tell in your voice, you know, something's off. And um, okay. Aaron, you, uh -huh. I, I got this email. I, I've been, I've been keeping saying I've got to reply. I've got to reply. I've been. It hasn't been a great few days, but I have not forgotten. And I need you to know if you're listening that that email came literally at a moment where I was like, <clears throat> I don't want to be here anymore. When I was having oh. one of those moments. Yeah. So. Um, know that when that email came in, that was a, like a, a, like a, a mood a attitude shift, Aaron, mm -hmm. and I will, I will email you, but thank you. Um, so here we go again with Don. Okay. Now, Don and I, I was always initiating these, Hey, why don't we Skype? Why don't we do this game? Why don't we do this? Right. And I finally said, you know, I don't like that I'm always initiating this. I feel kind of pathetic and I'm just going to stop doing it. You said that to him or like, no, I said this to myself, okay. like I'm done. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so like a week goes by and I hear, I get a text from him and he's like, Hey, you know, there's some protests going on out near your apartment. Are you going to go? And I was sick at the time. I think it was the day I had that bad migraine mm -hmm. and I woke up and I replied and I said, oh, I had no idea. I, you know, I had no idea it was near my apartment and I don't hear from him. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe that was sort of like a specific moment thing. Could be. Could be. So then last week I get another text from him. Hey, how are you doing? And I replied and I said, I'm okay. How are you doing? Nothing. Huh. And so I let like two days go by. I'm like, give him a chance because I know he's, he's busy. He has things to do. And finally, after two days, I wrote him an email and I said, you know, don't. If you stay in touch with me out of some weird sense of obligation, don't. And I said, I have replied to your text twice now that conversations you've initiated and then I've engaged and then you've disengaged. And I've spoken to you about this before. And I've told you how much this hurts me. And I said, I deserve better than that. Okay. And he replied and he apologized and he goes, I'm just so sorry. You know, I had started to reply and then something happened. And, you know, I was going to ask if maybe, you know, you wanted to catch up over the holiday. If, you know, I didn't know if you were doing anything. And, you know, um, he goes, I sometimes like overthink texts, whatever. Like all okay. I ask is whatever whatever so he said you know if you want to get together or do you want to catch up you know if not you know, i understand i never replied um okay. but yet he will listen to this podcast he will make the fucking time to listen to this podcast hey, he'll take right he'll take the time to listen to a fucking podcast but, and this is why I always hated when people would read my blog and be like, oh, I, you know, I was reading your blog and fuck you. If you want to talk to me, if you want to see how I'm doing, contact me. 
because you taking the time to read a post or listen to a podcast but not contact me says, I don't give a shit about you. I'm more just interested in the drama or I'm just looking to see if you talk about me. Well, here you fucking go. I'm talking about you. You know, it makes me feel so insignificant when somebody treats me that way. And the worst part is he did the same thing last year, right before 4th of July. Hey, you know, I know you wanted to see Rocket Man. You want to go together and go? Sure. Don't ever think I'm stupid that I don't know that you're contacting me now because you have nothing better to do. Gonna say, what is it about? There's something about the Fourth of July, right? Something's going on. Yeah, it's called no one else is around. Okay. So, but he thinks I will be, and you know what? And I think part of why I'm I'm hurt about it is because yeah, I I was around. You know, mm. I have to take a moment here. <clears throat> well. In, I don't, I don't know if it's defense, but uh, just as a point of consideration, I don't, and I don't, I don't know anything about this person. But <laughs> if, if if he's a person who, for instance, has like a weird sleep schedule, it's much easier to listen to a podcast at three a.m. Right, you get that that immediate gratification. And you, you get to feel like that almost connection, right? Um, it's like if you – I guess what I'm trying to say is like if you can't find the room for somebody in your life, but you still kind of want them in your life, if you have that, that other access to them, I understand why you would pursue those avenues versus like sending a text between banking hours or something like that. Does that make uh, sense? Yes, it does. It does. It's just that this is a very big trigger for me. Well, it, yeah. And I think that that is That's not his fault. Well, I think it's I think it's causing you to see it as a a more egregious offense than it is. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, he knows that it's trigger. <laughs> and is he is not altering his behavior. So I'm I'm not sure what the answer is here. I mean, I I think that I, he does he doesn't seem to be like trying to hurt you. No, right? it's not malicious. It's not intentional. It's just more and I get this a lot from people, even women, like female friends. And they say, "Oh, I just I know you'll understand. I know you'll be okay, you know." Like, I know you if, won't be mad. I know you'll get it. And it's because I've what? never. What? If what? You won't be mad if what? If, like, they don't respond or if they, you know, bail out of a conversation or if, like, a month goes by and I don't hear from them. Um, you know, well, it's why, like. Here's mm-hmm. the other thing I will say. Because <laughs> you and I have talked about this before, too. Sometimes mm-hmm. people just have different perceptions of when the conversation is over. This has come up before between yes. you and I. Yes. So, I mean, I think, and I think we've both done it. Like, mm-hmm. we, we both have <laughs> let the conversation fizzle right. before the other thought it was over. Right. So this is just the thing that happens. Yeah, I know. I know. I just, um, I'm already feeling, I'm just, it's just not being able to work out being feeling very isolated you know during the hol- a holiday like this when everybody's away and everything slows down that's a big big trigger for me and i yeah. get very emotional and of course like having my period not helping mm. um that's that makes yeah. everything worse that makes everything worse um it, it's just i'm just constantly you know what it is and and i know what it is i am weighed down by shame and i i feel like it's preventing me from really doing really achieving what I want to achieve and and doing more and that shame just makes me um be very hard on myself you know like when he doesn't respond while it hurts me what he does what I think is 
you're just taking this too personally because, you know, you don't have anybody. Okay. So <clears throat> I just have to work through this shame and it's hard because my life just is not where I want it to be. Yeah. Everybody's okay. got shame. Yeah. So I think I think Maybe. we all get it. It's a, It all manifests differently though. Yeah, but I can't get out from underneath it. It feels like I, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, and the, the fact that it manifests differently in everyone is certainly not making communication between individuals any easier. And the fact that you're not really supposed to see people, you know, in person, like you're, Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to, So it's a very, it's a super isolating time anyway. And then. On top of that, as as the cherry, you you are a person who finds meaning in all all actions. Yeah, but I don't I don't think there always is. No, I know, and I know he's he doesn't have a malicious bone in his body. He doesn't. Um, I just true, but he also doesn't seem to have a single bone in his body that is concerned about actively preventing causing this hurt right right and i think it comes from like so many girlfriends of mine have said you know oh like they just don't they just think i'll I'll get it i'm so self-sufficient oh she won't be bothered kind of like that and i've just never really spoken up to him before and that's i think what pisses me off too it's like dude you had it so fucking easy with me you i mean had it sounds so like it. Yeah. fucking easy with me i i, I need nothing I ask for nothing. And maybe that's the problem that I ask for so little. Maybe I should ask for more. Maybe this is like a running theme where like, hmm. and, and it's not that I was afraid to ask for anything with him. I didn't need anything. I was yeah. perfectly fine with our, like how contained our relationship was. That worked for me. And that's why it worked for me because he wasn't needy and he wasn't suffocating and he had his own thing. Um, and he would always make time like, Hey, like, he always let me know that he was thinking of me or that I, you know, I mattered. And it just, that's what's so strange about this, this other habit. Yeah. It's, he overthinks it. He overthinks it. And that's the part, like, I, I, I don't know. I think he just gets nervous and he didn't know what to say. And maybe he worried that I would say, no, I don't fucking know. I don't know anymore. I don't, I know. I, the only thing I know 100% is he's a good person who means well would never intentionally try to hurt me um but you know but is occasionally thoughtless is occasionally thoughtless yeah I mean that's yeah you could say that of me too probably I could say that of a lot of people I could say that of myself yeah okay enough about me this is what you and I have been hyped up to talk about yes okay Okay. All right. Oh, so All right. excited. <laughs> okay. Hold on, people. Because I know. Do you oh, have oh, a sound? Well, not really. Hold oh. on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> you got um, me really hyped for the song. <laughs> I know. Sorry. The unsolved motherfucking mysteries. Oh. Go. Oh, man. Well, so first of all, I've been kind of rationing it because yeah, you know how I am. (laughs) I love a mystery. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the first mystery, right? Which is... Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I believe I've solved, but... Ooh, okay. Obviously, so, I'm interested in your take. <laughs> so I, I did watch some some Netflix this weekend. Um, Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, I, I'm I'm uh, rationing as well. Uh, I also watched uh, Say I Do, which is like Queer Eye, but about weddings. I liked yeah. it. There's some improvements that need to be made to it, but I enjoyed it. And I've never once been the type to think about my wedding. I've never mm-hmm. been that. But I'm telling you right now, I've now decided when I get married – I want all the dogs that I walk to be my bridesmaids. And I want Luca to be my mud of honor. Get it? Mud of honor? I love that. Right? (laughs) In a a park somewhere, maybe under a tent. Yes. So, yeah. So, there's my thing. Anyway. Unsolved 
motherfucking mystery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't, have you. First of all, have you noticed that virtually every long form docu series, podcast, crime drama, etc., takes place in Baltimore? I was uh, noticing that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff. There's actually a podcast called what's it called? The Land of the Unresolved or something. I don't know. Land of the uh, we'll put it in the show notes that it's it's about <laughs> it's it's by two uh, journalists, investigative journalists based in Baltimore. Mysteries. Oh, okay, okay. I will definitely check that out. And one of them, um, one of the episodes is about this case. Of course, of course. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so there's that. <laughs> so there's that. So let's let's do for let's first explain. So the first case, it's called uh, the what is it? The, the mystery on the rooftop. I don't know what it's called. Mystery on the rooftop, uh, and it's uh, the case of Ray Rivera, who yes. was a 32 year old man. He and his wife were living in California, and he was an aspiring screenwriter. And money was tight. So his best friend from high school said, hey, I have this job here in Baltimore. It's uh, writing the newsletter for our finance company. And it's called The Rebound Report. And it's where Ray wrote about the stocks that had plumb- like had tanked, but were co- they be- were believed to be coming back. Right. So he moves, he and his wife, to uh, Baltimore, takes this job. He's still a screenwriter. Like, he still has his ideas and whatnot. And his wife goes on a business trip. First night she's away, uh, and she has a colleague staying at the house. That's and, weird, right? It was totally weird. There's something weird about that. I don't know what the fuck is going on there, but I thought that was strange. So she said, uh, the, the wife calls home, and the, the colleague said, oh, you know, he left. I heard him on the phone. I heard him say, oh, and then he took off really fast. And so the wife calls later that night. He's still not home. And then the next morning at like 5 or 6 o'clock a.m., the colleague calls the wife, which I thought was a little sketchy. Right. Like, why are you – like, this guy might be cheating on his wife. What are you doing? And she told the wife – she's like, he's still not home. But I think maybe she she was kind of like, hey, girl, your man <laughs> – your man's not home, more, not out of concern, but more like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's not here. So the wife hightails at home and he's nowhere. She calls him, the phone's dead. Days go by, you know, they put together search parties. She put together like this little, um, in the living room of their house, you know, it's their friends and the family and they're all calling hospitals and looking for any clue that they can and just calling everybody they can think of. It's like, that's their sort of the, um, the new, the, like the, the nerve center, the nucleus of this search. Mm-hmm. And then the parents are out one day and they're looking for his car and they go through a lot and they find the car. And so the police are called, the police come down, the wife verifies that it's the husband's car. Right. And it's got a ticket it, on it. It's got a ticket Classic on Baltimore. it. Classic Baltimore. <laughs> One ticket, mind you, right? Yeah, and it's been there like five days. Supposedly five days. Mm-hmm. So the co-workers, for whatever reason, they decide, you know, the car was found in the parking garage. The co-workers go up on top of the parking garage. Mm-hmm. And they're looking, and I can understand what they're doing because they're probably looking like they can have they have a pretty expansive view down of the yes. of like what's around, and maybe they're just looking for something. And so they look down, and they see on this sort sort of like twenty. It's only twenty feet down, mm-hmm. and it's a sort of an alcove um, of uh, like a of of the hotel. It's called the Belvedere Hotel. Mm-hmm. So they look down and they see a pair of flip-flops and a couple of other items next to this hole in the ground. And by ground, I mean ceiling of a, of a floor. Police are called. They go down. They find Ray Rivera's mutilated body. Uh, just, you know, 
fractured ribs, fractured pelvis, um, punctured lungs, fractured skull, uh, just, I mean, brutal. And they determine that he fell vertically through this hole. Yeah. It's so strange. It's like a, it's like a coyote and roadrunner cartoon kind mm-hmm. of hole. Like someone just plopped him through the roof. Yes. And I, when I was listening to this podcast, uh, this Baltimore based podcast last night, because no one could confirm, you know, did he go through this hole? Right. Or was the hole already there? Because it did damage. It was like maybe rain damage. And the woman who wrote the book, A Body in the Bel- at the Belvedere, she was living in the Belvedere at the time of this murder. Oh. Hmm. And so she said, I was in my room and I distinctly remember hearing a loud bang, like a loud crash. And she said it was so loud that it rattled my windows. And well, I looked- that's interesting because as I recall, the police in this episode of Unsolved Mysteries alleged that no one saw or heard anything. Yeah, I don't think that what you recall (laughs) that I don't think they spoke to her. I I, okay, well, Well, that's a pretty serious oversight. That's like a pretty serious (laughs) oversight. But I think the reason why they didn't include it is because they don't they couldn't they weren't sure what it was. Like you can't say, well, I heard this, but I don't know that it was this. They obviously if they did talk to her, they didn't feel her whatever was, Uh you know, yeah, they didn't find her credible or whatever. They didn't find her credible. Yeah, this might be a good time to note <laughs> that the Baltimore City Police are some of the most corrupt in the nation. And that's yes. just that's not just my opinion. That's according to the FBI. Yeah, so. that's fact. Um, uh, speaking of which, the lead detective, who hubba hubba, by the way, handsome dude. <laughs> he has a silver fox. Right? Silver fox? <laughs> silver fox. He's probably my age. And they transferred him off this case like that's a week right. into it right that's right they transferred because he, him yeah he was the only one who was investigating it as a potential murder right the police and, were very eager to dismiss it as a suicide right and everybody so you had the uh you had the police detective you had the reporter and who was the other guy god it what did he do i want to say maybe he was another journalist and uh, that, that sounds right. Yeah. And the medical examiner pulls the wife in and says, "Listen, I know what they're going to try and do, but we're yep. not. We're leaving this undetermined because the breaks on his shins are not consistent with a fall." Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So she left it open. So everybody looking into this said this this was not a suicide because that's what they assumed. Right. They assumed it was a suicide. But well, if you fall, go ahead. That's what they declared. I don't. I don't think <laughs> that anyone actually believed it was a suicide. Strictly because when they when they brought out the geometry <laughs> in the situation, right? It didn't. It, it just didn't track. It was clear that in order to fall from the upper roof through the lower roof, where he did, he would have had to have taken a running leap in flip flops. In flip flops, that's correct. Um, which at is six five, not, right? Which is not how most people jump off of buildings, right? And then also, he, if you're going to jump off a building, you could jump off of either of the other three sides, right? And then you would be really certain that you would hit the ground rather than this secondary roof, right? So it's not bad. So and then the camera on the roof was not working that night now classic baltimore now i have failed to bring up that ridiculous note that they found taped to the computer yeah because everybody wants to oh my god it was code and it's like dude you listen to too many true crime podcasts when i saw that i said oh that's that's a tone reel that's something that screenwriters write that's what writers do like they just brain dump all their ideas and thoughts and dialogue and this and they just put it on a piece of paper so Uh, i saw that why why is it folded up and taped, though? Uh, you know, a couple of people on Reddit said that that's not abnormal, that it's just kind of like maybe it was a secret project that he didn't want anybody seeing. Okay. I don't know. But I, I guess my question is, 
why would you write that in code in the first place? Like, well, his wife also said that he had notebooks upon notebooks filled with what would look like to anyone else gibberish, basically. Right. Yeah. He was like Kevin Spacey in Seven with all those notebooks. Yeah. But that's, again, very common (laughs) with writers. All these notebooks that we have, like where we just jot down thoughts. So that note didn't jump out to me at all. But boy, oh boy, Reddit, you know, the Reddit threads, holy mother of God. Oh my God. And look, it spells out help. And it's just like, you know what? I can't, I'm going to back away slowly here. I am Homer going into the back of the bushes. (laughs) Well, I did wonder um, if anyone had taken a crack at decoding it. Um. No. Well, some people, I mean, I'm sure somebody on Reddit did, but it, to me, it was all about the movie. He was writing about the Masons, the Freemasons. Right. Like that's clear. Right. Um, and so, yeah, he was writing about the Freemasons and maybe because that's such a, he was writing about like a secret society. Maybe he did want to keep it secret. Maybe. And he didn't want to, like, he didn't want it, you know, on his hard drive or he didn't want it in a notebook or whatever. Well, Yeah. So, can we talk about the Freemasons for a second? Absolutely. <laughs> What's their deal? Are they? Because my impression of them and my my understanding of them is uh, that they're it's just like a fraternity for old guys, pretty much. <laughs> pretty what much. What do they do? I think it's literally like a bunch of Masons, right? But but not anymore because. I mean, masonry is a job that just barely exists at this point. So what, what, like, what do they do? Do they do charity work? Do they, do they march in parades? Like what, what do they do? (laughs) I'm I'm Googling it now. There's also a, there's a sister organization, right? Called the Eastern Star. Oh, hold on. Freemason, a member of an international order established for mutual help and fellowship which holds elaborate secret ceremonies. But what do they do? <laughs> it's unclear what they do. I have Freemasonry right. Masonry consists of fraternal organizations that trace their origins to the local fraternities of stonemasons that from the end of the 14th century regulated the qualifications of stonemasons and their interactions with authorities and clients. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. It's I mean, th- based on who I think is probably a member i like it it seems like maybe an extension of the clan does that seem off base to you it, it sounds like an organization that i probably wouldn't want to know any member of well right, right. <laughs> aka the clan um and also it's not it can't be that secretive because i, I see their stuff everywhere right like you go into any thrift store or goodwill and there's like a bunch of mason paraphernalia everywhere so this thing can't be that meaningful to people if as soon as a member dies their family is like oh here you go goodwill yeah i like this is I, i don't think it has anything to do with a secret society in any way i don't either Okay. Uh, and I'm talking about the letter. I'm talking. Uh, he's just writing a book. He's oh, writing I'm a. He's about this. Yeah, he's right. I think he's writing about a secret society, and he was using the Freemason as sort of like a a like a an example. He was Maybe. researching it. Yeah. Well. Okay. I guess that's neither here nor there. I just I was curious what other people's perceptions were of the Masons because I I they seem pretty inactive yeah yeah it's (laughs) do anything yeah i whatever i don't even think they're relevant to this case but aren't they the um they're they're in the da vinci code right i think so like the villain (laughs) da vinci code yeah i don't i don't know i don't know much about it i i didn't really even because i thought i felt that they were so unrelated to the murder itself that i just didn't even look into it i just didn't care about it I mean, I didn't either, but we were talking about the code. So, yeah. Any, anywho, anywho, um, let's talk about the broken flip flops for a minute, if we can. Sure. Do you, what level were they on? Were they on the 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 higher roof or the secondary roof? The secondary roof. Okay. 
next to the, the home. And the phone is not broken, right? The phone and the flip-flops are found together. Right. But many people, thank you, thank you, Reddit, many people say those Nokia phones were like, <laughs> for the time, like they just didn't break. Well, yeah, you could drop them out of a plane, right? Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. glasses too. Like his glasses weren't marked up. The phones weren't right. scratched. Well, that that checks out to me because I remember when people's very first iPhones started breaking. Remember how shocked everyone was mm -hmm. by how fragile they were? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that makes sense. Right. Because we were used to indestructible phones. Right. But the flip-flops yeah. were placed, seemingly. They were very close to the hole. And they're broken. One is broken. So... Have you ever been walking in flip-flops and one broke? Yes. And did, I mean, it's, you, you could fall down, right? You could fall down. Right. So it, it seems like it was staged to look like he fell through the roof. Uh, I don't, well, I would think it had, like, but staged how? Like, this roof was not, it, it wasn't that big, like, it seems like someone broke his shins first, right? Mm -hmm. Like they clubbed his shins, mm -hmm. which is, um, I mean. Say it, mob. Very organized crime. <laughs> very organized crime. <laughs> say it, say it, say it. I know what you want to uh, say. What mob? What are you talking classic, about? Classic mob. Yes, yeah, classic mob. Um, which they is, can't run which away. Which is weird, right? Because like, if you're in the mob now, I would assume that you uh, attempt to deviate. In your in your methodology, so that people aren't like, oh, I don't think the mob gives a shit if they know if people know it's the mob. <laughs> in any know. case, okay, um, um, yeah, but they 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 get you at the shins so that you can't run away. That's right. So so he got clubbed in the shins, and we then think one one of his, well, at some point he did. Well, right? we don't know that. We just say all the all the ex medical examiner said was. It's inconsistent. The The fractures were inconsistent to what they've seen from people who like uh, no. jump and fall and fall feet first or land okay. feet first. Okay. All right. That's true. Mm -hmm. I'm making an assumption, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'll tell you why I'm making that assumption. Okay. And this, this I think is the answer to the mystery. Okay. It's Porter Stansberry. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> okay keep going <laughs> well <laughs> first of all porter stansberry invites his friend who doesn't work in the financial sector at all mm -hmm. to come work for him in the financial sector what it's to write a newsletter what? though it's to write a newsletter still i i wouldn't know how to write about stocks because no. I don't know anything about stocks. But if this my, isn't this isn't ahead. the guy. But if my best this is friend is not the person that you would hire for this job, eh, unless disagree. I think if my best and I've had this situation where I was hiring for somebody. This was years ago, and my friend called me and she said that this job I was supposed to get it fell through and da 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 da. And you know I have my apartment and I gave her the job because she was a friend and I knew she was great, going to be great at the job. But I absolutely gave her the job because she needed it. So okay. this guy could have been like, hey, you know, and we don't know if Ray called him and said, hey, dude, do you like I need a job? Do you know sure. anything? So that happened. That could happen. But I don't think your suspicion is far off, but keep going. Well, so that's that's the first thing. The mm -hmm. second second unsolved mystery here is how did Ray and his wife after Ray was like fledglingly employed? Here we go with the house right in Southern California. How did they buy that multi-million dollar home? Uh, probably the same way they... It's poor. The, the, probably the same... What? <laughs> probably the same way they it's afforded that destination wedding. Her parents. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's the second thing. <laughs> um, also, what we know about Porter Stansberry is as soon as his alleged best friend went missing, he lawyered up. Very, very normal. Much like an innocent person would do. Also, it gave me pause. Well, actually, that was the second thing he did. The second thing he did was lawyer up. The first thing he did was offer an incredibly small reward for information. Right. I thought that too. Which also gave me pause. I was like, really, $1, dude? $1,000? Really? 
Yeah, like, that was my first thought too. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You don't right. want him found. So that was that was the first time he was on my radar. But then as soon as the police were talking to people in the building next door to the hotel, which is where the business was, everyone uh everyone was what uh what is it called? Gag order. No one was allowed yeah, to talk. Gag order. Thank you. Um which is not it's not normal. No, it's not normal. However, remember that they were able to trace that call that Ray got to the porters to the company's switchboard. Right. right. So, like, the last <laughs> person he talks to is somebody at this company. Uh huh. That's right. That's that's not debunking my theory. no it's not but it does explain and keep in mind remember too they had just come off of a fraud charge like they had to pay 1.5 right. million i have the SEC filing right here if you'd like to know what, what it does says. it say defendants engaged in an ongoing scheme to defraud public investors by disseminating false information in several internet newsletters published by agora or its wholly owned subsidiaries such as pirate mm-hmm. Through various publications, defendants claim to have inside information about certain public companies. Defendants suggested that its readers could cash in on the inside information and make quick profits. The defendants offered to sell the inside information to newsletter subscribers for a fee of $1,000. So this company is obviously um, sketchy, not on the up Mm -hmm. and up. Right. Ray is involved now. Mm -hmm. Whether he asked for the job or not, he's clearly in it. He clearly knows something, especially since, like, the whole reason that the shadiness of the company came to light in the first place was the newsletters. So, Also, too, I remember this from this podcast from last night. The writer said that the wife remembers him saying, oh, God, I can't remember exactly what he said, but, um, oh, he said something like, I've figured it out. She heard him on the phone saying, I've figured it out. But that could be I've figured out my story or my script. But I, I get it. I see. I see what sure. you're saying here, and I see where you're going. Um, no way did this guy kill himself. Absolutely not. No. This was. And I'm not even saying that Porter Stansberry killed himself. I think he, you know, he probably hired someone. Right. I. Uh, uh, oh, the money clip. The money clip clip that he kept on him all the time because it was like sort of a touchstone for him. It was something the wife had bought him. It was had his initials engraved. It was something very personal and no one ever found it to this day. They they still don't know where it is. Uh, That I, you know, well, that's the hallmark of a person wanting a. I was just going to say that's you take that. It's it makes it personal. So his death was absolutely personal. I believe um, I, I the note had not, I don't think the note had anything to do with it. And also remember the alarms being tripped off twice. That's yep. That's the other the first thing. time the, <laughs> the alarm company said, Oh, we think it was a squirrel. But the second time they go to the window and they see that it's, they believe that it's been tampered with. Right. And the wife was saying he was very paranoid leading up to his disappearance um, the, the mental health, like the psychotic break theory, I'm not even entertaining it. <laughs> no, that doesn't, it, it I don't just, know, that, that didn't it doesn't really, track. it crossed my mind, but it wasn't, I don't think it's, I don't think there's a, yeah, it, like you said, the, um, the, the notebooks of gibberish. The, no, I'm talking about the, the, oh. um, how he fell and the distance. Right. It just doesn't make sense if he, if he jumped. No. It just doesn't. And everyone's like, well, he could have taken a running. I'm like, not in flip-flops. And no one does that when they're right. about to, whatever. That's not what they do. Right. Um, and they, they couldn't yeah. get out to the ledge because the you know the windows were too small and he was 6'5 and whatnot. So the, and even the, the investigator said, when I saw the flip-flops and the phone and the glasses, I thought this looks staged. Uh-huh. So he's the investigator and he gets moved off the case Take it off the case. Uh, so <laughs> right. only somebody with money and influence could get could could manipulate the case like that, right. aka Porter Stansberry. That's correct. So, yeah. Also, when you Google Porter Stansberry, which is Frank Porter Stansberry, <laughs> um, some of the top hits are Stansberry scam, 
Porter Stansberry is the world's biggest shark. Uh, is Porter Stansberry legit? These are these are like on page one, mm-hmm. <laughs> along with how did Ray Rivera die? So, yeah, Porter knows. Porter knows. Porter knows. Mystery solved. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I think the company had something to do with it. Now, the yep. question that I have is, how the hell did he go through that roof? Because I don't question who killed him. The, the company had something to do with it. They had him murdered. He found something out. That is a good question. Because that drop, that I mean, that to go through that hole the way he did, you had to he had to be vertical. And I gotta tell you, you're only going you're only going through that in that way if you're dead and you're dropped. Would you even stay vertical? I don't I don't know. It's like when you drop a penny. It's like when you drop like a pen. When you drop a pen. Yeah. You know, think about yeah. it. It okay. just drops right to the. Okay. It doesn't tip over, and if he did go horizontal, the hole would be horizontal. I mean, this is just right. straight down. Yeah, I mean, so it sounds. I mean, to to pitch somebody like that, you would need at least two guys, at least, especially since Ray himself was a large guy. Yeah, and Porter Stansberry had access to a helicopter. That's all I'm saying. I think. He did, yeah. <laughs> that came up. Uh, <laughs> that came up too when I was uh, talking to my husband about yeah. it. He was like, "The helicopter." I think he was. I involved. think he was dropped from a helicopter. Um, you know what's interesting <laughs> about that theory, <laughs> and that you you wouldn't necessarily know not being from Baltimore. Uh, we hear constantly, helicopters all the yeah, time. I, constantly. <laughs> That's what everybody, so, everyone from Baltimore has said. Like you wouldn't even think twice if you heard a, a helicopter. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Nor was I surprised that uh, nobody in the Belvedere heard or saw anything suspicious because they say just briefly in that episode that, like, it is a hotel, but also there's a pretty popular restaurant in there that people go in and out of. The Owl Bar, yeah. Right. So, um, Additionally, I don't know if this is still true, but it, it used to be the case that you could you could just wander around because it's a historic site. So like you could, you know, without being checked in, you could go to the Albar and then just sort of wander around on the floors of the hotel looking at stuff. Well, the brother, remember the brother said this is not a place that you could just walk into. You can, though. <laughs> I promise you can. Okay. The brother said he tried. But I agree. And because let's be honest, like the the brother's Hispanic and maybe he couldn't. Maybe he was. Maybe questioned. he was questioned. I don't. And a I, white person wouldn't have been. I definitely have roamed around that building. Yeah. More than once. Yeah. Um, I, I'll go try it again when the pandemic's over and report back. I just don't understand how that body could lay there for eight days. Right? That was, yeah, that was confusing to me as well. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess because it wouldn't, it wouldn't smell. No, wrong. Eh, no, of course it would. It would, that would smell after a couple of days. And remember when he died? It was like early spring. Right? No, it was like, like mid-May. Oh, okay. Mid-May. Yeah, it would have been, been hot. Warmish, um, you know. But still, I mean, it's, it's inside of another room inside of. A hallway. I, I could see how the smell maybe wouldn't have permeated for several days. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I've never smelled a dead body, so I don't really. Yeah, know. someone said uh, the woman in this interview from last night said somebody somebody said they smelled something. Okay. Um, this doesn't this case remind you of Elisa Lane? Yes, every, and a lot of people made that, that's another case of. She went to the Cecil Hotel, right? Ooh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the season five of American Horror Story Hotel was based on the Cecil yeah. Hotel. And Elisa Lamb was a, a woman who went to L.A. on vacation. She was a blogger. And mm-hmm. she went to L.A. on vacation. And then one night alone. alone and they, one night she they have footage of her getting onto the elevator. And she's acting really paranoid. And she's looking out. To see if like, it, and it looks like she's trying to see if someone is following her. And right. She disappears, and then a few days later, 
somebody's like op- opens the puts on the faucet and the water's brown and yeah. so they go to the roof and they find elisa's naked body in the water tank she's she's right. drowned that's another case of like what the fuck happened there and no one no one have no one will know right um what i do know is porter stansberry not a good not dude. a good dude and uh there's a lot that doesn't add up in terms of his friend Ray's finances. So I'm just I'm saying, just saying <laughs> yeah. One white collar criminal probably begat another and whether Ray whether Ray was in on it or you know, thought like he wanted to be in on it and then he was in over his mm. head. I don't know, but there definitely are things about Ray that his wife doesn't yeah. know. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he died the night went the night she was out of town. No. no, somebody had to. But I do have a lot of questions about Claudia, his wife's friend that was staying at the house while she was out of town. That's super it is weird, super right? Weird. It's extreme. You know what else is weird about Claudia? When when uh, Ray's wife came home, all of the lights were still on. So Claudia, when she left, was just like, mm, "Bye." <laughs> Like, didn't turn any lights off. <laughs> just... She left? Uh, where did you hear that, like that, just... that Claudia had left? Uh, it was in the show. Claudia left in between Ray leaving and the wife coming home. I, I'm sorry I keep calling her the wife. I just don't remember her name. Do you? What's her name? Alyssa? Alyssa? Alyssa, I think. Yeah, the wife is just tra- still traumatized to this day. There's no closure there. No closure. No. Um, but yeah, clearly murdered. Um, probably found out something he was supposed to know or had information and was possibly going to turn it over to the authorities. He was right. lured out of his house. He was lured to that garage. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think, I think he was stored somewhere for a good amount of time and then dropped into that room. I think he was dead for a long time before. I think he was from a helicopter. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, the decomposition, they couldn't, that's why they could, that's why that is the reason why this case is unsolved. It's the decomp. Well, that's definitely the case in some other of the unsolved mysteries. How far are you into the series? Uh, I, I watched the second one. Um, mm-hmm. Creepy, creepy, creepy husband. Is that the one with the, um, which one is that? The wife goes, the hairdresser goes missing. Oh, the hairdresser goes missing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably Israel Keys. (laughs) Or any of the other two uh, people who were serial killers who admitted to the murder and then recanted. Um, And then the third one was all in French and I was like, Uh I'm going to check out of this one. Oh no, that one's interesting. Yeah, I'll go back to it. I was in the middle of working and I was going back and forth. Okay. Uh, But yeah, sadly, Ray Rivera was murdered. Um, the wife is so the the fourth episode is about the kid that went to the party. Do you see that one? Patrice? No, Patrice is the is the wife that the hairdresser the one missing. Alonzo? No, yeah, that's the second one. The the fourth one though, about the twenty two year old that goes to the party in Kansas. Alonzo? That's yeah. the hate crime. Well, for, for sure. sure it was a hate <laughs> that's, crime. that's also another instance of this body was allowed to decompose so yes. that the evidence could be concealed. Right. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Because the police searched exhaustively, and yet the family went out after 27 days and found the body within three right. minutes. You know, that's true. Like, Weird. how do the, the, the car, you know, going back to Ray's case, the parents, how do, wait, are you tell me you didn't check that garage the first night? You're just seeing it now? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, someone parked that car. They, yeah, yep, yeah. And I'll also say... Very sketchy that three of those co-workers went up on the roof. Like, yep. what? Why would you go there? Why would you do that? Right. Yeah. So. It all ties back to Porter, Yes, it all it? does. Yes, it all does. <laughs> Known criminal. Yeah, he's already, Porter he's already off social media. <laughs> I saw yeah. that. <laughs> they tried to get they tried to get a cease and desist to have, uh, to prevent Netflix from airing this. And Netflix says, suck my dick. We're sure. still putting it on murderer. Murderer says what? Well, you know who has more money than Porter? <laughs> <Yeah>. Netflix. <laughs> you know what's cooler than a million dollars? 
a billion times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, guys, thank you for listening to me vent and, and uh, being here with me on this little... What a mini depressive episode of Womenology. Um, Sarah, thank you as always for being the voice of reason. I try. try. Um, follow us on the things Womenology pod. Go to the website. Hey, you know what? Hey, bitches. Coffee. Coffee. Three dogs. Three do- you like the <laughs> posts that I write? You like the advice I give? Three dollars. Five dollars. Show me. Show me you love Please. me. How about that? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's it. Sarah? Yep. Closing thoughts? Gifts are your love language. What? That's what, what I'm is? hearing. Gifts are your love language. No, actually, love, that's not no. my love language. I'm not a gifts person. Um, well, you are now. Well, I'm a, I like to be paid for my work person. <laughs> <laughs> that's who I am. Right. Is that a love language? Is that language? a love language? Appreciation? Uh, <laughs> final thoughts, Sarah? Porter, Porter did, did it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Porter Sansbury did it. And in Kansas, the police did it. Oh, yeah, and the police did it. Fuck yeah. Okay, guys. Unsolved Mysteries. Say I Do on Netflix. You might want to watch that, too. (sighs) Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Goodbye.